Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and we are so glad to have you with us here today in the House of Faith. For weeks now, really since the beginning of the year, we've been in a series we're calling Crossroads. And a lot of it came out of what the Lord spoke to us at the beginning of this year. And He gave us this word and just simply said, course correction. And I believe He was talking specifically to us about our ministry, about our lives and the direction we're taking in our endeavor to be obedient to Him. But I know that there are many people watching this broadcast right now, and you're at the same place we are. You're standing there at an intersection, and it's time to know what direction to take. And that's why God put His wisdom the spirit of wisdom is at the intersection, Proverbs 1 says, crying out to you. And much of the time, wisdom is crying out, turn, turn here. And a lot of that has to do with being open to correction. And I want you to watch this broadcast today, and I want you to watch it with an openness to hear from heaven whatever the spirit of God would have to say to you, even if it comes in the form of correction, because he corrects who he loves. And if you're not receiving his correction, then there's a part of the love of God that you're not receiving. And I want you today to make a shift in your thinking. If you've been trying to walk with God and looking for a sign, for him to tell you a sign that tells you which way to go, I want you to stop seeking a sign and start seeking his word. He will confirm his word with signs following, but the word comes first. Watch this and be blessed. I want you to go with me tonight in the scripture back to the book of Colossians where we began last month. Colossians chapter one, and if you will, you can also find Proverbs chapter one. In Colossians one, beginning in verse nine, it says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, now, to find out what it is, you'd have to back up a few verses, but word got back to Paul and company that this church, these people were walking in love with each other. He, he heard two things about them, and it was something that evidently caught his attention in a number of the churches that he ministered in and communicated with. He talked to them about their love for each other and their faith in Jesus. And he said it to him over and over again. We heard about your love for each other and your faith in Jesus. And this is the word that had gotten back around to him. And as simple as that sounds, people walking in love with each other, people growing in faith with Jesus, it so touched his heart that in response to that, every time this church included, it brought him to his knees in prayer. And that's why he said in verse 9, this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. There's prayers here in the book of Colossians. There's prayers in the book of Ephesians. And I recommend you take time to set your eyes on these prayers and, and pray them for yourself. They're in the book for a reason. I mean, do you believe that every word of this book is inspired by the Holy Spirit, that God is big enough to watch over the, the writing of this and the culminating of this and to ensure that not one thing got in here that misrepresented him or steered somebody in a direction that wasn't him. 
Well, if these prayers are in here, then they're in here because this is what the Holy Spirit wanted prayed. Now, when you pray what the Holy Spirit wants prayed, then the Holy Spirit gets to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do because you prayed what he wanted prayed. This is why we got to be led even in our praying, most especially in our praying. So if this is a spirit-led prayer, then it's easy to draw the connection here and connect these dots. If he's praying that they'd be filled with the knowledge of the will of God, then you can very easily deduce this is what God wants to do. He wants you and me filled with the knowledge of his will. And sometimes these promises, especially ones that we've looked at over and over, we start to minimize the bigness of them. And without even realizing that we're doing it, we sort of rationalize it down to a place where our, maybe our brains can wrap around it a little bit. But stop and think about it and don't try, to, don't try to grasp it mentally. Do what he said here. Be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Big difference. Big difference between spiritual understanding and understanding something naturally. It takes spiritual understanding to even conceptualize the fact that I can be filled with the knowledge of the will of Almighty God. I can be filled with the knowledge of what He wants done in me. I can be filled with the knowledge of what He wants done through me. I can even be filled with the knowledge of what He wants done and accomplished in and through His kingdom in the world. I can be filled with that. Now, if I'm filled with something, how much room is there in me for anything else? None. Now, if I got a little bit of the knowledge of the will of God and a lot of the knowledge of my own will, the knowledge of somebody else's will, the knowledge of the will of the people around me, the will of culture, then there's going to be a tug of war and there will be confusion. When there are multiple options, too many options, it's confusion. But this is why it's such a good thing to pray and believe that you can have this. I am filled with the knowledge of his will. What does that do? It eliminates confusion. And you can act with confidence. You can step by faith with certainty, knowing that where you're going is good. So this is what we're praying. We pray this again constantly over the partners of this ministry. We're praying it over you, praying it over our own lives. There are a number of things I find that are coming out every night when we put these little ones that the Lord's given us to sleep at night. And I hear myself praying some of these same things night after night after night. It's not out of habit. It's not out of tradition. It's because it's coming up out of the heart. And it's what, what, what the Lord wants to do. And I'm praying it over them even at eight and five years old. Fill them with the knowledge of your will. I mean, better eight than 48, 58, 98. You know what I mean? Let's get it filled, pump filled with it now and eliminate the confusion that so many people live with as young people, teenagers, through the first part of their lives, filled with the knowledge of his will. You can be. Somebody say, I can be. Grab a hold of this promise. But look at what's connected to it. Not just that you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will, but connected to that is in all wisdom. 
It takes the wisdom of God to walk out what God wants done. And uh, where we began looking last week in the book of Proverbs, excuse me, last month in the book of Proverbs, I think without realizing it, we really began a study specifically on the wisdom of God. So go back there with me. Proverbs chapter 1. We got quite a bit of response last month, I would say more than usual, from people that were here and a part of that service. If you remember, Sarah and I spent some time talking together to you. And I, I know we drove away that night, and I do this sometimes, get in bed, just wrestling with it a little bit. Oh, Lord, is that what you wanted done? Did I, it could have been said better. It could have been communicated better. I'm not sure that was right. And uh, it never fails. The ones that are not my favorite are the times when people just come knocking on the door and the phone's ringing. Thank God that was what I needed to hear. And you're like, good? Okay. I'm so glad. Uh, but that's just because he's good. And he can take this, whatever this is, and, you know, just carve it and shape it and make it exactly what you need. And in Proverbs chapter 1, talking about the wisdom of God, look at verse 20. In Proverbs 1.20, it says, Wisdom cries aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the openings of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. In verse 22, she says, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? I want to look at this in just a moment in the Amplified Bible, the classic edition. But listen again. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. Turn, verse 23 says, at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you and I will make my words known to you. I want you to see again in verse 20. Guys, put that Amplified translation up there, if you will. Because I want you to notice again, I know we talked a lot about this, but where wisdom is speaking. If being filled with the knowledge of the will of God then requires the wisdom of God to walk that out, you need to know where wisdom is, how to get a hold of it. So let's find out from Scripture where wisdom's located. Wisdom, it says in the Amplified Bible, cries aloud, where? In the street. She raises her voice, where? In the markets. Keep going. She cries at the head of noisy intersections in the chief gathering places. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. Now think back through every one of those locations where wisdom is found and then ask yourself this, why? Why is the wisdom that spoke the universe into existence? Why is it out in the street? Why is it... Uh, in the markets? Why is wisdom out there in the intersections? Because there's certainly nothing sacred, certainly nothing holy about any of those places. And yet the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of God himself is found in all those places speaking. Why? Because that's where we are. That's where we're living every single day. And though the place itself isn't anything remarkable, it's because you're there and it's because that's where wisdom is most needed. Yes. That's 
And every time you get in your car and you hit the street and you're on your way to work, you're on your way to school, you're on your way to a meeting, wherever you are going, whatever's on your mind, whatever's in front of you to do, there's wisdom. And there's wisdom speaking, talking the whole time. You can't shut wisdom up and you don't want to. Wisdom's just speaking and speaking and speaking the whole time. That says to me, I can get in the car with wisdom. And that's needed, I've found. Not only is wisdom out there in the street for, for you on your way to work, wisdom for you on your way to school, wisdom for you on your way to the meeting, wisdom's in the markets. We talked about this. And whatever market it is, wisdom is there and speaking. I like this one, though. Wisdom is at the head. She cries out at the head of the noisy intersections. Now, if you remember, this is what we really spent our time with. And I want to keep going with this. Wisdom's at the head of the noisy intersection. You can hold your place there in Proverbs 1 and turn over a few pages to uh, chapter 8. And you see the same concept repeated in verse 1. Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. The New Living Translation says at the crossroads. At the crossroads. And, and really, I don't know if you realize this or not, but we're in a series of messages right now we're calling Crossroads. And uh, some weeks ago, I recorded a number of broadcasts, uh, not with anybody else in the room, but just us talking to the folks at home or wherever people are watching. We called it Crossroads because without a word of wisdom, without a word of knowledge, I can look at any number of you in here, I can look at any number of people watching online tonight or watching on television later and say, you're at a crossroads. <gasps> How do you know? Because <laughs> I, I'm not trying to impress you with that. It's just true because we're there. We all are. I'm telling you every single day of your life, you are at some crossroads of one kind or another. It's where two paths meet it's an intersection, and an intersection is where a choice must be made. Now, there are intersections that we arrive at every single day, and maybe those choices seem small, and perhaps they, they truly are. But these kind of intersections that we're reading about in here, the noisy intersections, I want you to imagine that. Let the Word paint a picture in your heart of a major intersection. You know, real estate that's expensive because that's where everybody is. That's where the noise is. That's where the crowds are. That's where these two main roads meet and come together. And if you're not at an intersection like that tonight, hang on, because soon you will be. We all come to them. We all come to places where the paths meet, the roads cross, and it's a place where a decision must be made. Naturally speaking, if you're just driving a car, you come to these all the time. And depending on where you're going, you make the choice at the intersection. Do I continue straight? Do I go right, left, east, west, turn around? Choices have to be made right there. And whether you realize it or not, spiritually and in your walk with the Lord, you and I arrive at these kind of intersections all throughout our lives. And I am so thankful. I am so grateful that that's where wisdom is, yes. right? Yes. That that's where wisdom's hanging out. Yes. Because when I get there, I'm not on my own to figure it out. Yeah. Now, 
there are, when, when you are driving a car, and you got to think back, I mean, we're so inundated and so used to our technology, you've got to think back to a time when you didn't just follow the purple line. You know what I mean? You, you had to look at a map or know where you were going before you left, or I guess in more recent times, you, you printed out instructions from MapQuest or something like that. And some people are like, map what now? And uh, it, we, we were laughing about it. Sarah and I were laughing about it the other day. This week, we we're having lunch, lunch with some friends and they have small kids. And we're thinking, there are things that are already foreign to our children that we grew up with or they were in our lives not very long ago. I mean, Jessie, she's five now, but not, but a couple of years ago, uh, we were on vacation in another place together and rented a house and there was a TV in the living room. And she asked to watch something, one of her cartoons, one of her shows. And I said, baby, I don't know if it's on. She's like, what do you mean if it's on? <laughs> See, they're so used to just watching what they want when they want. I literally tried to explain cable. <laughs> To my then, you know, three, four-year-old, I was like, well, see, if it's not on, it's not on. And it's just, I don't, what are you saying? And then once I did have the TV on, this is not what she wanted. So she walked up to it and starts trying to swipe it. Have you seen this? I'm like, baby, it's not going to do anything. She's like, everything else I touch moves and does what I tell it to. This technology that we've become so used to, and we're so used to, you know, just getting in the car and punching in an address and whether you know where you're going or not, as long as Siri does, you're good, right? <laughs> but there was a time when obviously, you know, you didn't have that. I was thinking uh, just earlier this week, uh, this past summer, we took the kids on a road trip uh, up to Colorado and we stayed the night in Amarillo, Texas. And between here and Amarillo, there's nothing, man. I mean, it is, it's ugly and it's boring. No offense to anybody who lives there and loves it, but there's just not a lot to look at. But once you pass Amarillo, man, it changes in a hurry. The scenery changes in a big way. And uh, so we got up that next morning and it was daylight and bright and everything. We headed out of town. Well, on the way home, we decided we're going to stop at the same hotel, spend the night there. But we are not like hardcore road trip people. We're, we're way more comfortable in an airplane. And I just, our timing was off. We left town a few hours late. We just sort of took our time without thinking about it. And it wasn't going to put us into Amarillo till like two o'clock in the morning. And we're on that long, lonely stretch from the southern part of Colorado until you get into Amarillo. And there's nothing out there, but those roads are dark and they are twisty and they are turny and they are curvy. And I was, I remember driving that that night, so thankful but somebody else knew the way, you know what I mean? Because I thought, you know, if, if for whatever reason I lost that or I didn't have somebody telling me where to go, I would be so lost and how comforting this is. How comforting. And if you think back before you had any of this out there on a dark road at night, not sure if you're in the right place, how comforting is something as simple as a sign? Yeah, a sign that says this is where you are and where your head is just that way. And we get so comforted by the sign. And it sort of just takes away that anxious feeling. Oh God, are we lost? Are we going to, nobody knows where we are. We're going to die out here. Oh no, it's going to be fine. There's a sign. 
And what you experience when you see that sign or something that you recognize or something that points you in the direction, that's a feeling called trust. You're not yet where you're going, but at least now you know you're headed in the right direction. Now, in all these parallels that we're drawing between spiritual intersections and natural intersections and making the right turn and so on, this one doesn't parallel so well because people take that same dependence on a road sign and tell God, give me a sign. I want a sign. He fills them with the knowledge of his will. They've been asking for it. They've been praying for it. God, I just want to know, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do I spend my life? And they get this word from God and they say, wow, give me a sign. (laughs) Give me a sign. Hold your place in Proverbs. I believe we're going to come back to it. But look at this in the book of Ephesians. Listen to what it says in chapter 1. Just begin down around verse 11. It says, In him also we have obtained inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So again, we're still talking about his will. Verse 12, that we who first trusted, everybody say trusted. Who'd you trust in? What does it say? We who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory, in whom you also trusted after you saw a sign. Is that what it says? Sorry, that was supposed to be like a little joke. My Bible does not say that. You act, most of you are acting like, yes, that's good, amen. That should not be what your Bible says, does it? Let's try it again. In him you also trusted after you saw a sign. <laughs> no, oh, no, it doesn't say that. It works every time Brother Keith does it, but when I try it. In him you also trusted after what? You heard the word. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. See, our trust as believers is not to come after we've seen a sign, but after we've heard a word. That's when our trust kicks in. Now, don't misunderstand me. God's not opposed to showing you a sign. Actually, Jesus said there would be signs. He said there would be signs, but remember what he said? Mark 16, I think it was. They would be signs that did what? Confirmed the word. So the word, or excuse me, the sign is not necessarily the thing or the first thing, at least, that you trust to point you in the right direction. It's the word. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.